0: And I uh, what I love about that it, it through the whole Bible we see that everything we see in the New Testament is fulfilled in Christ Jesus. All the anticipation that people had uh, waiting for that Messiah to come, and I, I think um, as I think sometimes we can miss something uh, that we see uh, in the Old Testament because we read the New Testament and we understand, especially during this time of the year as we celebrate Christmas, that that we understand that this Savior came and and was born. He is the Son of God. He is God. But but the thing we miss is that for thousands of years, there was an anticipation that this Messiah was going to come, that there was prophecy that was spoken about a Savior that would come to uh, rescue uh, God's people from sin. And I, and I think if we, we don't dive into the Old Testament, we miss the, the fullness of who Jesus really is and, and what he came to do and what he came to fulfill. And, and that's what I want to dive into in this Christmas series that we've been Uh, doing, uh, and this is our second week into it, we're we're looking at how Jesus came um, and and why he came in flesh and why he became a human, but also we're going to look at how Jesus fulfilled something very important in the Old Testament. We're looking at Jesus fulfilling the office of prophet, priest, and king. And we talked about Jesus fulfilling that office of prophet last week. We're going to look at uh, Jesus fulfilling uh, the, the, this office of priest. And then next week, we're going to look at how Jesus is filling fulfilled the office of king. And he's going to be that soon coming king where we understand through the word of God that he's king of kings and lord of lords and that he's ruler and, uh, and he reigns over all the world. And so I, what I want to do is as we, as we look into this series, I want to just kind of Maybe open up your mind a little bit and and deepen your understanding about how wonderful Jesus really is and how complete Christ is and how he's come to fulfill all the needs in your life and all the deficiency that's in your life and how Christ came to fulfill that as a as a prophet he came to to speak truth to your life of the of the deficit that we had in our life because of sin and and today we're going to we're going to dive in how Jesus is that perfect priest who comes to minister to you and the deepest needs that you have Jesus comes to fulfill that and to minister to you. And then next week, we're going to talk about how we need a king and a Lord over our lives because we make a mess of our lives, don't we? We need someone to lead us and to to show us uh, uh, what it means to truly live the life that God desires us to live. So we need that Lord. We need that king to rule, a perfect king to rule and reign over our lives. And we understand these three offices that Jesus fulfilled from the Old Testament. I believe it's going to change your life, and, and it will give you a different image of who christ is and so we're looking at this incarnation and basically the incarnation is just it's just god with flesh that god actually came from heaven to earth to to take on flesh to dwell with us and basically the incarnation is just a fancy latin word that means god with flesh or god with meat god took on human flesh and so that's where we get the word incarnation that the Spanish word carne means Meat, and I don't know about you, if you're meat lovers like I am, you like meat. I like having meat at least eight times a week. I, I just love meat. Those of you that that, that, that um, shoot or, or, or bow hunt for deer, you like your venison. And uh, the other day someone brought in venison, the little uh, wiener schnitzels. I don't know what they are. The, the little sausages, the the venison sausages with cheese in it. Oh my goodness, I could eat that like potato chips. I mean, they're so good. Last night, we had our church banquet, and uh, we had prime rib. Can I get an amen? That, that, that was some good prime rib. And, and I like my prime rib mooing. I, I like it red, where it's still mooing. And then, and then you get a little, um, you get a little uh, uh, um, horseradish sauce with it, with, with the prime rib. Okay, my, I'm the only one that likes that—the horse shots with, with the prime rib. Is that good? Can I get an amen? Is anybody here this morning? Okay, um, so basically, that's what we're talking. We're talking about God with meaning. and so that's why we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate Christ as is as, as, as the Son of God, and and this is what makes the incarnation uh, so special. And so, what I want to do is—I know Christmas is very special, and we get we can tend to get very sentimental this time of the year because we sing the Christmas carols and we exchange gifts and it brings back a lot of memories. We overeat, you know, we, we do all this, this fun, traditional stuff and that, and that's fine. But, but I really want you to understand why Jesus came to earth. And and it's interesting because if you were asked people that question, why Jesus came to earth, why did God come through this incarnation? You're going to get all different kinds of answers and to, to clear up any confusion Jesus answers the question of why he came to earth and in John 6:38 he answers that question and he says for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but to do the will of him who set me so we understand that Jesus came not to do his own will but to do the will of the father specifically how did he do this well Jesus came to fulfill everything that was said about him in the old testament just as you saw in that wonderful video presentation matthew chapter 5 verses 17 and 18 jesus talks about coming to fulfill the law and he says this he says do not think that i've come to abolish the law or the prophets i have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them for truly i say to you until heaven and earth pass away not an iota or, or not a dot will pass from the law until it's all accomplished. And so what Jesus came to do is not just to come as a cute little baby in a manger where we sing nice Christmas carols about him once a year. Jesus actually came to fulfill what was anticipated about him in the Old Testament. And what we explained last week in the Old Testament, God accomplished his will Through the ministry of the prophet, priest, and king. And all three of these offices were fulfilled in the incarnation of Christ. Not only did Jesus fulfill them, but he fulfilled them perfectly. Jesus is perfect in every way. And as we talked about last week, Jesus is coming as that perfect prophet. He spoke truth to our lives. And if you read through the Old Testament, you see that um, more times than not, the prophet in the Old Testament Was not the most popular person Because the prophet spoke truth To hearts that were hardened And many times backslid away from the Lord And so these people didn't Many people didn't like to hear the truth That God wanted to tell them Because God wanted them to return to him And what Jesus did is He came to speak truth to our very hearts We need to understand that, that Jesus came to Lead sinners to repentance And, and that's what a good prophet does. A good prophet speaks the truth to us. How many know that we need to hear that truth? And it's the truth that sets us free. How many know you don't often like to hear the truth? And sometimes the truth hurts, but it's the truth that sets us free. And Jesus came to speak to the condition of our heart. And our hearts were wayward. There was a deficiency in our heart because of sin. We're all born in sin. And so Jesus came to speak truth to the true condition of of man and when we understand that we turn away from ourselves and we embrace that truth and it's that truth that changes us. I can remember as a young teenager, I grew up in church, but but the church I grew up with never proclaimed that truth that I needed a savior, that I was a sinner. It was just like as long as you're good, as long as you go to church and, and you're a good boy and you don't smoke or drink or go with girls that do as long as you do all those good things, you'll be okay. But the problem is, that can't save anyone. That's my own righteousness. That's my own good works. And so when I went to this one church, my parents started attending, they started to speak the truth. And I'm like, wait a minute, I've never heard that before, that actually Jesus came to die for me, for God's glory, that there's a deficiency in my heart, and I need a Savior. And when that truth was juxtaposed against my life, I didn't like it. I didn't like going to church all the time. The pastor was a wonderful pastor, and he preached the word of God well, and he just spoke the truth, and he was a very compassionate, loving man. But when I heard that truth, there was a tension within my life because I knew I wasn't living that, and I knew I wasn't embracing that truth. I knew that Jesus really wasn't Savior over my life. And I went to the church for about a year, and until I embraced that truth and I bowed my heart before Jesus... And I allowed him to be Lord and Savior over my life. Everything changed. Everything changed in my life. Jesus' truth came into my heart and my life. And so Jesus changed my heart. And he changed my life. And from that time as a six-year-old, I've been following Jesus ever since. It's because that truth, when it comes in, it's going to come against sin in our life and, and and the problem is it's it's there's this complication between my will, man's will, and what God's will is. And Jesus came to do the will of the Father. Jesus didn't come to be popular. Jesus didn't come just to make your life better. Jesus didn't come just to make you a better person. That's just an add-on. That's just using Jesus to, to get your own means to your own ends. Jesus came to speak truth, to say, no, you are wayward. You are apart from God. You are enemies with God. And I came to reconcile you back to God. And I'm going to do that through my own life. You can't do it. You can't do it through your good works. You can't do it through church attendance. You can't do it through, through hours of Bible reading until you come and bow before me and allow me to offer that forgiveness that you need in your life. You'll never embrace that truth and you'll live in constant conflict with God. So I can remember the tension that I had in my heart against the Lord. I can remember my parents made me come to church. They said, Barden, you're going to sit through church an hour and a half. That's what we do as a family. We go every Sunday. We're, we're, there's no negotiation on this, Barden. You're going to church. And I can remember coming to church and just sitting there in the pew. When is this over? Count the time down. Playing tic-tac-toe with my sister. And you know, I'm like, I didn't like to hear that truth. And then all of a sudden I went to youth group one time. <laughs> my parents bribed me to go to youth group, so I went to youth group. And... Uh, Man, I'll tell you, that truth was just blazed in my heart. And I can remember the youth pastor saying, hey, is there someone here that you just feel like you need to bow your heart to Jesus in front of those hundred other teenagers that in that room, I stood up in front of all of them. And I gave up. I stopped fighting God. And I said, I believe that you are Savior, that you've been calling me all this time. And I felt his love just draw me. And I felt that truth mixed with God's grace. And it changed my heart. And all I can tell people, they say, how do you know, Pastor Barton, that God is real? How do you know that Jesus really changed your heart and life? All I can tell you is this. Is that I was blind and then I saw. It just made sense to me. It's like my mind was awakened. My heart was awakened to that truth like nothing else was in the world that I saw or I tried to seek out. There's something different about Jesus. And that's all I can tell you. I can't tell you that my faith has been strong all these years. I can't tell you that I haven't wavered. I can't tell you that I've been perfect because I have dysfunctional, messed up past, just like all of you, right? But I can tell you one thing, that Jesus has always been faithful. And through his truth and his grace, he's always been there for me. And that he always forgives and he always picks us up. And he always restores us. That's how faithful Jesus is. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The faithfulness of Jesus being that priest that speaks to our hearts. What we're going to do next week is we're going to jump into why Jesus king. I'm really excited about next week's message. We'll talk about more uh, um, about that next week. But what I want to unpack for you today is why Jesus is that perfect priest that comes to minister to your deepest needs, and we, in order to understand Jesus fulfilling perfectly the office of priest, we have to understand how the priest functioned in the Old Testament, and this will give you a greater understanding how Jesus ministers for you and I today, and how He can minister to your deepest needs. And, and the office of priest in the Old Testament was of great importance because they served as God's humble servants. They were the mediator of the intercessors between God and man. God specifically chose a group of people to minister before him on behalf of the people in the temple of God. Not anyone could do this. God specifically chose a certain group. Of people to do this. And these were the Levites and the high priests were, were, were from the lineage of Aaron. And, and these specific groups of people were the ones that were to minister before God and, 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 and to minister um, God's healing to the people. They were the mediators, the intercessors between God and man. They served uh God's people, they spoke God's blessing on them, they prayed for God's people, they brought the sins of 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 the people before god and asked for god's forgiveness they offered sacrifices before god to remind them that their sins were very real and that their their sins deserved death and so there was this whole sacrificial system it was a visual reminder to them that something had to die in order for their sins to be forgiven there had to be a sacrifice made for the offense of their sins and not everyone could approach a holy god And so it was a reminder to the people that God chose these specific priests to minister on their behalf. The high priest was the only one who could go into the most holy place in the temple, that holy of holies. And it was on a day called the Day of Atonement, or the Hebrew is Yom Kippur. Yom means day or age. Kippur means atonement, which means once a year. These high priests would go into the Holy of Holies and they would offer up the sins of the people before the Lord and the Lord would forgive their sins. The problem with that is they had to do it year after year after year because it was only a temporary covering. God only temporarily forgave their sins and atoned for their transgressions. It was just for a time. They'd have to do it year after year after year. And the reason for that is it was going to ultimately be, be fulfilled in that perfect priest in Jesus Christ who would come as a perfect priest and give his life as a once and for all offering for you and I. And we'll look at, at the scriptures in just a moment that reiterate that. So they were the only ones who could minister before the Lord. And so temporarily their sins would be covered and, and it would only be temporary. And the reason for this is that these were just mere men and God would eventually send us his his perfect son to offer himself up as a once and for all sacrifice for our sins. So all the functions of the priest and the high priest were ultimately fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus fulfilling this role is imperative for you and I today. So what does this mean for you and I living today? Well, Jesus now is that perfect high priest. And here's what makes the role of Jesus as our high priest so significant. He wasn't just a man, but he was also fully God. The priest in the Old Testament was just a man. When he would go into the temple, he would also have to offer up himself and find cleansing for his own sin because he was just a mere man, even though he was specifically chosen By God. What makes Jesus unique is not only was he man, but he was fully God at the same time. And so, what makes Jesus' ministry as a high priest so powerful and unique is this reason Jesus offered up himself as a perfect sacrifice. God himself offered up himself on behalf of you and I as a once and for all sacrifice to fulfill all the sacrifices that were done in the Old Testament. And so when we look in the Old Testament, we see all those sacrifices that were offered up. We see all the animals and all the blood that was spilt. It's a reminder to us that that would eventually be completely fulfilled in Jesus Christ when he spilt his own blood on Calvary's tree. People, I want to let you know this morning, we have a perfect priest who ministers on your behalf, who loves you, who gave everything to reach out to you. And so let me just give you a couple things here that I want you. If you're taking notes, you can, you can just jot these down and jot these scriptures down. But let, let's understand why Jesus is that perfect high priest. Now, I just want to give you three things real quick this morning. You can write them down. If you, if you want to take notes, go ahead and do that. You've got a sheet of paper there in your bulletins to do that. But what makes Jesus a perfect high priest? Well, one reason that makes him a perfect high priest is he offered himself as a payment for our sin. Hebrews 9, verse 11 through 14, talks about Christ being that perfect sacrifice. And let me read that for you. The Hebrew writer says, So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered the greater and more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands, And is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever and ever and ever. And under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more, think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciousness from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Can I get an amen? So here we see in this passage that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament ceremonial laws of the sacrificial system. Jesus's sacrifice was perfect because Jesus was perfect. Here's what I, oh, just get this with me. I know, just listen, this is so good. Think about it for a moment. Have you ever thought about your sins in your past? Like how could my sins be forgiven? How can the filth of my sin and my past ever be forgiven. Have you ever just thought for a moment just the wrong choices you made in your past and and those things creep back in your mind and we know the enemy can use those things to condemn us? I want you to understand something. Jesus' death for you was perfect. It cleanses us from all our sins because I'm not the one doing the cleansing. I'm not the one that has to make up for all my bad deeds. Thank God. Right? If I had to make up for all my wrongdoings, it would take eternity to do that. But Jesus' one act on the cross, his one righteous act upon the cross canceled the debt of your sin. I'm going to have to get this thing out again. i have to get this out again. Amen. All right, you guys are with me this morning. It canceled it. It wiped it clean. So every time that you become guilt-ridden because of your past and you feel like, man, am I gonna make it into heaven? you know, Is God gonna forgive my sin? I want you to go back to this scripture in Hebrews and realize it's not you. There's not enough good works that you can do to ever atone for your sin. That's what separates Christianity from every other religious belief. Every other religious belief, there's something you have to do in order to appease a holy God. Wouldn't that be horrible to live your life like that? To go through life thinking, did I do enough? Did, Did I gain God's forgiveness enough to get into heaven? Or am I going to be surprised and just end up in hell because I didn't do enough good works? And every time you feel that way, you go back to this passage and realize, no, it's Christ who's already done it for me. And by my faith in Christ, I have to trust him. That he's done it for me, and by me putting my faith and my trust in Christ, God now imputes Jesus' righteousness into my life that I didn't deserve or earn. That's God's grace. He's already done it for you. God says, now you put your faith in my Son, become obedient to me, allow my grace to overflood your life and you can find that forgiveness and have that security, knowing that your sins are forgiven because of what Christ has done for you. So, this makes Jesus the superior priest over the Old Testament priest and the sacrificial systems. Why? Because it was his own blood that he offered through his own perfect life. So, he was that perfect offering for you and I. Second thing I want to touch base here is, is, is that Jesus is a perfect priest because he never stops interceding for you and I. What does this mean? I love this characteristic about Jesus. Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Romans 8.34, Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died more than that who was raised who is at the right hand of God who indeed intercede interceding for us. What does this mean? What this means is Jesus pleads your case before God. He is always there for us. He is now the mediator. You don't have to go through a priest now in the Old Testament sacrificial system. You don't have to go through me to get to God. In order to get to God, you go through Christ. He is that intercessor. Now, he pleads your case before the Lord night and day. He brings our request to the Father. Jesus is now our advocate. Jesus is now on your side. That's a good person to have on your side. He's the one that pleads your case before the Lord. Have you ever had someone stand in your defense and say that they would vouch for you? Uh, that you knew that someone had your uh, back and, and, and someone that would say, I know that, that they wouldn't do that and they they, they love to, to prove the other person wrong. I want, I want you to remember that the role of Satan is just the opposite. His very nature means accuser, the father of lies. He comes to discredit us. But it's important for us to remember that there is only one person who is our mediator between God and man, and that is Christ Jesus, and he pleads our case. He is for you. When you go to the Father and you humble yourself before him, Jesus is there for you, constantly interceding for his children. That's good to know. You see, I know that the proclivity of my heart when something goes wrong is to run to other people to try to find help. And God says to us, Listen, that's okay to go to their people for help, but you can go to Christ at any time, and He's there for you, right? Any time, Christ is there for you, always interceding for you. Whether it's at three o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning, when you cry out to Jesus, He is there for you. He's your intercessor. He's the one that died for you. And it's amazing. I've, I I remember somebody called me not too long ago and they said, Pastor. I I was trying to get a hold of you. Something's going on. I really need you to pray for me. I really need to get, but somehow I couldn't get a hold of you, but it's okay now. It's all worked out. I don't need you. I'm like, okay, thanks a lot. That makes me feel real special and warm and fuzzy. They go, no, 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 I don't need that. I mean, I just went to the Lord and began to pray and the Lord just gave me peace and it was almost good that I couldn't reach you because it caused me to go to Christ and lay that burden before him. And let me tell you, you will find a lot more peace going to Jesus than you will me. Amen? That's okay to say amen at that point. See, he's, he's, our, he's the one that that truly understands us. And so and so, I, I, 1 Timothy 2.5 says this, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. That man is Jesus Christ. I, I love that 1 Timothy 2.5 because... If anybody ever asks you, "Well, aren't there many ways to God? Isn't aren't all religions the same?" The answer is no, for this very reason. 1 Timothy two five: There is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, and that man is who, Jesus Christ. There's no other is. It, it, there's no other religious figure. There's no other person. There's not many ways to God. There is one way to God, and Jesus says, "I'm the way." the truth, and the life. And no one comes unto the Father but by me. Here's the third thing that makes Jesus such a wonderful high priest. And and, and not only does he, he, you know, offered himself as a, a sacrifice for us, not only is he our advocate, but I love this one too. He's the only one who can truly sympathize with us. As our priest, as that perfect priest he understands everything about you, and He is the only one that can truly understand everything about you. Let me go back into Hebrews again, Hebrews chapter four, verses fourteen and sixteen. It, it talked about Jesus being that great high priest, and listen what the Hebrew writer says. He says, "Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God." Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to God, to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. There is no one on earth that can relate to you like Christ can. And I think why we get disappointed with people or we get disappointed with our spouse is for the simple reason we don't feel at times that they understand us. You ever say to somebody, you just don't get me. How many times have you just felt misunderstood? We have three kids. They're 16, 15, and 12, two boys and a girl. Now, let's do the dynamics. The two boys are closer in age. Lily is younger. Guess where all the fights stem from? The boys picking on Lily. And it's just a constant thing in our house. It's just siblings. They get, they argue. Lily always comes up to me or mom. Mom, the boys are picking on me again. You know, blah, 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 blah. And, and I remember one time, Lily was just, she was so frustrated and, and she looked at me. She goes, Daddy, you just don't understand me. She's 12, okay? She gets a little emotional, okay? It's just like her mom. But anyways, she she, you just don't, understand me and i said Lily, let's sit down talk to me what's going on the boys are mean to me what's new tell me something new that i don't know okay they are just ignore them go somewhere go up in your room i don't want to go so she goes right back down and takes the treatment again right so i go just separate from them sometimes we just feel that way that people don't understand us People always disappoint you and and at times we have these huge expectations for people to meet our needs and guess what they can't your spouse can't meet your needs. That employer can't meet your needs your children aren't going to meet your needs see the good news is there's one who can meet your deepest needs. And Jesus can truly sympathize with your weakness. Jesus understands rejection. Jesus understands your pain. Jesus was tempted. Jesus went through everything we go through yet without sinning. Temptation can refer to, to a giving into sin, uh, which could bring us down. Or, or temptation can refer to testing that can build you up. And so whether or not you're, you're being tempted or you've fallen into temptation or you're going through a time of testing in your life that God desires to build you up in, guess what? Jesus understands. And you got someone that you can go to. See, we can go to God and, and find grace and not condemnation. We can, go to find, we can go to God to find mercy and not humiliation. God's not out there to humiliate you. He's, he's, he's out to build you up and to encourage you. See, as a a perfect priest, Jesus gives himself to us. He intercedes for us. He, he, He sympathizes with us. And Jesus says, come to me as that priest, and I'm going to fulfill your deepest needs. Some of you here today, you're looking to the world. You're looking to your marriage. You're looking to your employment. You're looking to things in the world to fulfill something that only Jesus can. And you're frustrated today. You're frustrated with people. You're frustrated at your marriage. You're frustrated, Whatever the frustration is, you're frustrated because you've been looking to the world to find fulfillment that only Christ can do in your life. And let me just close with this story in the Bible. There's a story that's in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's a story about this woman that had this uh, issue of bleeding, hemorrhaging for 12 years, and she could not find anyone to heal her. And because of this condition that she had, it considered her unclean and ceremonially unclean, where she was rejected by society, had probably ostracized in her marriage. No one could hug her. No one could touch her, because if they did, they would also be considered ceremonially unclean, and they would have to go before the priest and wait a certain amount of days to be cleansed again. So basically, she was untouched, untouchable person. She felt rejected. She felt all alone. She tried and tried, probably spent all her money to find a physician to heal her, but she could not find any healing. And so here this ostracized, lonely woman understood that Jesus was coming into town. And so what happened? She risked going through a crowd of people that was around Jesus. And she knew one thing. She was if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be healed. So she risked everything to go to the one that she knew could heal her. She risked everything to go to the one that could heal her. Now, there's interesting, there's an Old Testament prophecy that said that the son of righteousness will come with healing in his wings. And the hem of his garment would be his prayer shawl that most likely his mother made for him. And there's a Jewish tradition that talks about the prayer shawl. When the men would walk, they would rise up in the in the wind, and they would look like wings. And this woman knew that prophecy. I believe this woman knew that if she could just get to him and touch the edge of his shawl, that she would be healed. And so she made her way through the crowd. And she was able to reach out to Christ. And she probably came on all fours. She probably got through the crowd unnoticed. And she grabbed a hold of the hem of his garment. And immediately the Bible says she was healed. Now Jesus knew something happened because he felt power leave him. He said, someone touched me. Who was it? And the woman who was on her knees said, it was me. Now everybody knew who she was. And what Jesus said to her is, your faith has healed you. My son was doing a report on Harriet Tubman, who was uh, helping slaves through the Underground Railroad. She made this quote, and it was amazing. This quote, because it spoke so true to my true to this situation. She goes, "I freed a thousand slaves." She said, "I could have freed a thousand more if they only knew that they were slaves." Some of you here today. You are a slave and you don't even know it. And Christ says, I've come, not as a cute little baby, which is fun to sing about and sing the Christmas carols, but Jesus says, I've come as your high priest to minister to your deepest needs. And I've been just waiting for you to come to me. But there's so much clutter and noise in our lives that that the voice of Christ can easily get blocked out to the point that we don't even know that we're in slavery to whatever that thing may be. And Christ is speaking to your heart today, and he's saying, come to me. Find fulfillment in me. Let my grace cover all your needs and all your deficiencies today. Let my sacrifice cover your sins and your shortcomings today. But you have to come to Christ. You have to allow him to do the cleansing. And just as that woman risked everything to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, Jesus is saying to you today, you know what, you've got to risk some things to reach out to me. You may have to lay some things down, but come to me. And if you come to me, you will find rest and peace and salvation for your soul. Let that perfect high priest minister to your deepest need that no one else can or would or would be able to. So I want you to bow your heads this morning. I just want us to pray. Listen, you may be here today and you say, Pastor, I, I, I just, that's me today. And um, I just need to come to Jesus today as that high priest. And there's some things that I'm going through in my life, some struggles. And uh, I just need to come to him today and, and just lay those things at his feet. How many of you would say, Pastor, that's me? Just by a raised hand, say, Pastor, that's me today. Just pray for me today. Amen. You know, here's the thing. God sees what you're going through. God sees your heart. God knows what you're struggling with. And he says, come to me and just lay those burdens down and let me minister to you like no one else can. So, Lord, as we bow our hearts before you today, Those here today that are responding to your word, God, Jesus, I pray that they would come to you by faith, just as this woman with the issue of blood came to you by faith. And Jesus said, it was your faith, her faith in Jesus that healed her. And there's some here today that just need healing in their life from past scars that have just laid dormant within our hearts. And Jesus, you're revealing those, revealing those to us today. And as that perfect high priest, you want to come minister to us. Jesus, you've already provided everything that we need for our healing, but it's our turn to respond to you and come to you and lay that burden at your feet. So God, may we respond to you today, whatever that need may be, may we respond to you as that perfect high priest. So thank you for everything that you've done for us and everything you will do for us. We thank you and we love you, Jesus. We ask these things in your precious name, amen. Amen. Let's stand today. Listen, as we sing this song in closing today, um, if there's some of you here today that just want to come forward and just pray at the front here, you respond to the Lord how you need to. um, And I want to invite you just to come up front and there'll be somebody that will pray with you. Maybe lay a hand on your shoulder and just pray with you whatever you're going through today. And just allow the Lord just to minister to you and let's just worship him. Let's surrender everything to the Lord today and allow him in return to give you his peace and his grace. Amen. God bless you as you sing. Amen. Here
1: at your feet, I'll always be With the angels crying Be my God. Amen.
0: Let's just give the Lord praise this morning. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Listen as you go in God's grace today. Listen, if um, you know if you're here today and and uh, you committed your life to Christ, that's wonderful. Let me just say, the Bibles and, and the seats are free. If you don't have a Bible, those are our gift to you. There's a great booklet uh, on the information table called What Now? And that uh, will help you in your journey with Christ. And that is free. By all means, pick up that book right on the information table. If any of you need prayer for anything today after the service, our prayer partners will be up up front here and we'd love to, to pray with you. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Drive safe. Amen. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Amen.